It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, and uh, it's time for another reaction show. I can't believe this was week four. I can't believe that next week is the midway point of the regular season because we just started the season. And we had some big wins this week for some teams. We have to give a little bit of praise to some teams tonight because we kind of threw out a challenge to some teams, and a couple of our area teams answered the bell. I think we might have peeved off one or two teams. Well, hey, we said it, I think, on the picks is that, hey, if, if us making them mad gets them the win, so be it. We'll take it, and we'll, have, we'll gladly have egg on our face. Joe's here. He saw a good game uh, tonight and got a chance to talk to the winning coach. Yep. So I'm interested to hear about that. The the BWAC is, uh, I don't know. The BWAC <laughs> is the BWAC. Almont and North Branch are very similar teams. I, I think I'm confident in saying they're both good teams now. That I saw it, it was a very good game, and I think they will both win more than they lose, and both North Branch and Almont are good. And uh, <clears throat> some close scores, some not-so-close scores, a lot of stuff to get to, so... Why don't we take the break here, and then we'll get to it. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810 810- 982-7044. DuraClean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. 
For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Home Style Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, It's uh, Dennis and uh, Brady and uh, Joe, and uh, it's time to uh, start uh, recapping the uh, night's uh, games. Uh, I was at Memorial Stadium, Port Huron High, taking on Frazier, very excited, Brady. This is my first chance to see the Red Hawks this season, um, and 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 I and I wanted to see them. And I'm going to say this: Frazier isn't an awful team. You saw what I saw in week two. Yeah, Frazier isn't an awful team, but I feel like PH could have beaten them seventy to nothing if they wanted to. You saw what I saw against East Point week two. They handled their business. And then they went, we're up 35. This is a long, we hope this is a very long season. We don't need to put extra tread on Gavin. We don't need to put extra tread on Amari or any other of our offensive linemen or any other starters. So we're going to get some young guys experience. So guess what? Next year when they have to replace two all-conference players, potentially all-state players, they have guys with experience. And away we go. So, no, I think. You saw exactly what I saw where they took care of their business and they, I, for lack of a better term, put it in cruise control. Yeah. I mean, um, at, at, at one point, and it was great, the, the, the bench loved it, the crowd loved it. Uh, they put Griffin Hansel in the backfield and let him carry on like third and 20-something and he got like seven yards on a draw and you'd have thought they just won the state championship. The kicker, right? <laughs> yeah, the kicker. <laughs> but uh, anyways, let's get to the uh, the highlights because PH worked fast in this one and uh, scored uh, early, and in the end they scored often on their way to a 35-7 to win. Troy is the back, and he's lined up to the right of his quarterback out of the gun with trips to the uh, other side. But Troy up the middle. Look out. He's to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget it. He's into the end zone for a Red Hawk touchdown. Just like that, 37-yard run by Gavin Troy right up the middle. And when he turned on the Jets, boy, does he really fly. And a quick strike here for PH, and they're off to a terrific start in this one. The defense did its job. Special teams got him great field position, and Troy runs it in from 37 yards out for a score. And with 10.20 to go here in the first, it's 6-0 pending this extra point try by Hansel, which is up and good. So Frazier going for it. This is big. Let's see if they actually run a player. They just try to hard count and draw. Nope, they're going to run. First man through isn't getting through. They give it to Daniels. He's buried. Gavin Troy led the attack, but there were several Red Hawks there. 
and it's no gain for Daniels, and they'll turn it over on downs inside their own 30. They wanted to make a statement and say they could get a yard, and PH said, no, you can't. 4.08 to go in the first. PH needs to capitalize on this. They'll go four receivers, trips off to the left. They've got Adams all by himself out to the right. Namari's looking that way, firing deep for Adams, and he's got it in the end zone. Oh, and it came out at the last second. No, they're calling it a touchdown. The official in the middle of the end zone is calling it a catch and a score. He made the catch, and then as he was thrown to the ground, the ball came flying out. But the official has ruled it was a clean catch and a score from 29 yards out. Holler to Noah Adams, 13-0 PH. Holler's going to keep. Here's Holler with some room to the 10, to the 5. Amari into the end zone for a Red Hawks touchdown. On third and 17 from the 18, Holler goes 18 yards for another PH score, and they're up 20 to nothing with 4.34 to go here in the first half. Fakes the handoff, takes it himself straight up the middle. Big room, all kinds of room, right into the end zone for another score. 22 your yards for Holler, his second touchdown of the game. And PH goes up 27 to nothing with 8.42 to go here in the third quarter. All right, from their own 40, two receivers to the left and a single receiver to the right here. I think that's Carswell into the game to the right. Holler out of the gun. Handoff, Gavin Troy to the 50. Troy to the 40, breaks through. 30, foot race, 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget it. Gavin Troy into the end zone. 60-yard run for another Red Hawk score. And they go up 34-0 with 5.55 to go here in the third. And then they took a 35-0 lead with the extra point. They put in uh, the JV, the freshman, the eighth-grade team, some of the cheerleaders. They give up a token touchdown to Frazier in the fourth. 35-7 the final. Very happy Coach Perkins after the game. Congratulations on another nice victory uh, tonight. Real solid start. You get a three and out, then you get a good punt return, and then you score on your first play from scrimmage. You can't write a better script. Yeah, well, the guys up front got after it tonight uh, really well, and we were focused on that all week, uh, getting off the ball fast, and uh, they did and on both sides. So uh, Gavin and Amari had nice nights, but they weren't touched till the second and third level quite a bit. So... Uh, that was nice to see. Well, the other part about it, too, is I think you had about five sacks just in the first half. So uh, defensively, you were setting a tone, and then the offense was taking advantage of short fields and, and the situations that really the defense was putting them in. Yeah, and, you know, they found a little something on the edge there for a bit, um, and we had our safeties. We talked to them to come up and make some plays, and they started to do that. And, uh, yeah, it was really great to have that pass rush happen tonight. Again, we worked our butts off on that, and we're going to continue to work on it to get uh, four, eight players to get after the quarterback. So, uh, yeah, that's a big focus for us. You know, it's interesting. You guys won, I think, pretty easily tonight. But I kind of look at Frazier and I go, 
they're not terrible. Like they've got some guys and their stuff to work with there. That I guess they just haven't figured it out yet. Oh yeah, and they got a lot of kids, a lot of size, and uh, yeah, I don't think they're terrible. It's just we were on point tonight, and our our guys up front, man. When you when you can push around people, it makes things a lot easier, especially when you got some speed behind them. So that was great. And, and how again? I keep coming back to these these two guys, and you spread the ball around. And a lot of guys did some nice things and contributed, but the two touchdown runs by Gavin and Amari's two touchdown runs—it's just not fair. Huh. Like they they hit that next gear. They're so fast, and yet at that speed, they're so shifty too. They they don't get touched. Yeah, uh, you know they're special kids. Those are college football players, uh, and so. Uh, we're just thrilled to have them, and they, they work in practice uh, nonstop, and uh, it rubs off on the other guys. And uh, you know, they don't even have to say things; they just keep on working and working. And that's that's the biggest benefit of them uh, having them lead us, and, and it really, really rubs off on the younger guys, especially. All right, you guys won big, Northern won big, so you're the only two undefeated teams in the blue. Talk about the Crosstown Showdown coming up. Uh, well, you know, uh, like I told you earlier, that's always a battle, and uh, it will be, of course. Um, the place goes crazy, and the whole daggone town's here. So uh, it's a very, very special event, and uh, the last, you know, half dozen games have been really close, and I expect this one to be close too. So uh, they've got a lot of talent, and uh, I think we do too. So, you know, it should be a great atmosphere and a great game. All right, good luck with that one, and uh, enjoy your weekend. Yeah, we're going to. Thank you so much. There's Coach Perkins. All right, uh, Perk was pretty happy, and you, you you said it, you know, people can't hear you because they get their mic turned off. And right. like, Man, Perk was talkative after this one. Yeah, he's. I mean, he should be in a good mood. His guys did what they needed to do, and Dennis, I think the stat you had says it all. Gavin and Amari combined to run, what, 12 times total, and they found the end zone four times. Yeah. I mean, it's – okay, Gavin, six carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns. He had a touchdown run of 37 yards on their first play from a scrimmage, and then he had a 60-yard uh, touchdown run the last time he touched the ball, middle of the third quarter, and they're like, okay, you're done. Uh, and, and, um, <laughs> and Amari, six carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns, on a third and 17 from the 18, you just tell your quarterback to run straight ahead, and he gets 18 yards and a touchdown, and nobody, nobody puts a hand on him. And then he scored a 22-yard run where it looked like the kids were running away from him. It opened up so much. <laughs> uh, and, and, then he, and then he throws four passes or four completions for 67 yards and a 29-yard touchdown pass to Adams. And how many times did he throw it? Seven times. So four for seven, 60-some yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. And and, I, and I'm telling you what, they could throw on every down. They've, they've got four or five guys that can catch the ball, that run good routes yep. and can catch the ball. Well, PH is the first team that I think we've all seen in person. Yep. So. Oh, and they had five sacks in the first half, if I didn't mention that. You didn't. Seppo had two. Uh, Troy had a sack. Uh, Noah Myuri had a sack, and then the last one I just kind of count as a team sack. Well, let's talk about their defense for a bit because uh, we always get caught up in the flashy offense, but what, they gave up 14 nothing points to East Point. 
Mott was a 32-31 game. That was a battle down there. But their starters essentially shut out Frazier as well. Their defense might not be the best defense Port here on High's ever seen, but it's far from a weakness for this team. Yeah, they, they might not have a, a Noah Kindle, but they got a lot of guys that do good stuff. They get a lot of push up front, both sides of the ball. Like They dominated the run game tonight. They, they had uh, 276 yards rushing, and on the, the other side, if they gave up positive yards, it was because of the fourth quarter and they had all the subs in. I mean, when I think of their defense, I just think of the word tough. They're just, they just got some tough guys on that side of the ball. They sure. fly around to the ball. Yeah, they just got – those guys are just tough. I mean, they want to hit. They they want to put their head on a body. I mean, it's just – that's just – it is what it is. Yeah. They gave up 42 yards rushing tonight. And how many of that was with the starters in? Not – like, they were negative yards through three quarters. And Frazier – we highlighted this before. It's not a terrible team. They're not going 0-9. This PH team's good. They're really good. Uh, do you want to talk about this game anymore, or do you want to talk about their counterpart? Because what we expected to happen, happened. Yeah, well, uh, Ty, well, Ty Fletcher had two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns tonight. Their offense got it going at Sterling Heights, 42-14, to and, and both Stallion touchdowns came in garbage time at the end, they they got a couple of long pass plays to to score. So I, I'm thinking that Larry did what Perk did, and he had the backups in at the end of the game um, because they're both now three and one. They both have recovered from week one losses that we thought they might get, and have won three straight. And so now they're head on collision next week in the crosstown showdown at Memorial Stadium. And this is, you know, if if PA, the PH has already beaten Mott, so if they win, they are in the driver's seat. They're going to be the favorite in their last two league games, probably by a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, Monsters and, North got railroaded by Mott tonight yeah. at 49-10. And Nor- Northern will still have the Mott game on the schedule, but I think Mott comes up here for they that, do. which helps the, the Huskies not having to go there to play that game. So they'll still have some work to do, but obviously the winner will be in the driver's seat. Um, and so this is, again, a big game for other reasons than the pride and all of that and the Brick Fowler and all of that. This is the de facto league title game. Real quick, I do want to give the other silly scorers for Northern. Uh, Jacob O'Hare had a touchdown run. Reese Buchanan had a touchdown run. Max Williams Brought in a touchdown pass. Logan DeBell scored as well. So just wanted to throw out some of those kids that also scored for Maximus. Northern. Maximus. Maximus. You love the name Maximus I love Williams. Maximus, and I love when he catches a touchdown pass, and I love giving the line from uh, Gladiator, are you not entertained? Uh, well, <laughs> Joe, you're the only one that's actually seen both these teams yep. in person. They've done everything we've asked them to do since that those week one losses. We know these are two pretty good teams. Yeah, I mean, both teams, like I said before, both teams have some dudes on defense. They're both tough. You know, you're going to get that classic northern defense um, constantly in the backfield, just being pests um, in the pass game. Where I think the difference comes in that game is – 
it's Amari Haller, honest, if I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I mean, the kid's got so much talent that if you just let him run wild, he, he has the potential to wreck that game at quarterback. I mean, he could he could win that game just based on his talent alone. So I think when it, going into that game, it's going to be really interesting to see what Northern does on defense to contain Amari because, again, he how, how talented he is. Yeah, but if you sell out on him, guess what? There's Gavin Troy right next exactly. to him. Exactly, and that's, that's exactly what I was just going to get to. It's like you stop Amari, then it's like, okay, now we have the MAC MVP from last year who can just run all over you. Well, so Dennis, it's tough. You said this before we got started. You feel like Amari finally hit that – superstar level where you go, all right, this is just unfair what he's doing. He's always been good, but you've wanted that, I guess, next unbelievable level where you just go, this kid is much must-watch football. Here's what I want. Like, if if I could run the, 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 the fantasy league and have anything that I want. You can write a script. I want Amari and Gavin against Belly and Gavin Espinosa. <laughs> Because I want to know which duo is the most dynamic. Because what those four players do, you know, for their teams is stupid. And I mean that in a good way. <laughs> yeah, that you know, I didn't even think about it like that. But that would be a really, really like, what fun is, game. Which is the better combo? Because you could make your argument. You know, you could go... Hey, well, Amari and Troy, they're doing it against MAC teams. Like they they played Anchor Bay this year. They're 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 playing these big schools, but Croslex is doing it in the BWAC. You know, and Gavin I, I take a lot of te- or I think a lot of BWAC teams would look all right in the MAC. Blue. Yeah, they wouldn't look out of place. No, hundred percent agree with that. So I, I I mean, it's hard to kind of draw conclusions and say. Which duo is more dynamic? Who's your Batman and Robin? Right. You know? That would be a lot of fun. Anything else on Northern or High? I just think it's going to be a terrific uh, game again. We're going to have plenty of time to preview that one. Yeah. I think we're going to have a lot of fun, as we always do on the Crosstown Showdown week. But it's basically rivalry week next week, because Dennis, we have to give a round of applause to Marysville. Yeah. We basically called them out. We said... You have to win this game. We said, yeah, we we want you to win this game, but we don't believe enough in you to pick you. Not only did they beat Lamphere, they beat them 34-7, to and from what I, from the reports we got, should have been like 49-7. to Smoked them. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I wanted to believe. My, my problem is, is that I saw them in week one when they obviously just laid an egg and weren't. They just weren't ready to go against Almont, and Almont's the type of team that if you're not ready to go, they're going to embarrass you. And then they came back the next two weeks resoundingly and crushed just two inferior Two bad teams. Let's just say what it was. They beat two bad teams. And while I'm happy they did that, and that's what good teams do to bad teams, I had to see them beat another good team before I was going to go back in where I was preseason when we had them very high in, in the rankings, we were very excited about this football team. This win gets me excited about them again and gets me excited for next week's game. I mean, not, they, not only did they get the win because we said, I think, on the pick segment, I don't care if you come back with a 3-2 to two, ugly as hell win, just get a win. They had, Joe, what, they have three turnovers in the first half? 
Yeah, I mean, eat both teams. What, they had six turnovers in the first half, three each. And they still win by 27 points. They shut out Lamphere in Lamphere, and now all of a sudden we're going, okay, now they're playing Marine City in a game we're going, uh-oh. Now we're turning our head thinking, has Marysville turned that corner? Have they started to figure it out? May, did they maybe need that ass kicking in week one to put them in shape and just kind of go, hey, you're human. I know we're, you're getting a lot of hype, but you have to actually put in the work. And maybe being in the doghouse a little bit kept them motivated. I, I don't know. But since getting thwacked by Almont in 12 quarters of football, they've given up one touchdown. Yeah, it's impressive. It's just it's impressive. And Brady, it's our alma mater. I mean, we, <laughs> we always want them to win, right? Every week we go in and we have that inside that Viking in us. We're like, let you know, go Marysville. And honestly, this week I did not have a lot of confidence, but they proved something to me to a lot of people this week. Um, they can hang, right? So, they, I mean, going into that, going into that Marine City game next week, it's hard to look at that game and say it's going to go either way because. I mean, what have we seen from the Mariners this year, right? Right, and know. I mean, they. we can't say Marine City's going to go in and we can't go, yeah, Marine City's going to take care of business with a ton of confidence now. Marine City finds a way usually to win, and that could still be a possibility. But we have to give the Vikings their flowers. We told them to go beat Lamphere on the road. We picked against them, and they went and they dominated this football game. Do you want – Dennis, you have something before I give the numbers? I just uh, – the, the, the confidence thing. Um, we talk about this a lot, um, that confidence makes the difference between being good and being really good. I think it's kind of the same for us right now. Like, we lost our confidence in Marysville, and they did something this week to bring it back. Now they've got to do something – to you know, really instill it. Like I'm, I'm all in on Marysville if they beat Marine City. Why have we lost our confidence on Marine City? Well, is, we, is it just that one game? Before we move on to that, you, can I give some Marysville numbers real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Because so I was going to ask what Sakuchi did because he if always Sakuchi kills played Lamphere every week. He'd be Mister Football. Yep. Like he is the Lamphere killer. They are probably going to send him a graduation gift and say, thank God, get the hell out of here. We don't want to see you again. He had 22 carries for 203 yards, including a 49-yard rushing touchdown. Scheffler had three rushing touchdowns, 139 yards on 22 carries. Hurley had a rushing touchdown. Lavalle had two interceptions and then a, a bunch of other stats. Um, defensively, guys were all over the field. So they were running wherever they wanted to against Lamphere. Maybe the rushing attack is finding its rhythm. Maybe they maybe the may, line yes. is finding its rhythm. And maybe and, they made some adjustments that they needed to after that Almont game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, Sakuchi's got to have like three two hundred yard games against. He Lamphere. probably has seven hundred, seven eight hundred yards the last. Well, if you include the playoff game, he might have close to a thousand yards against. Lamp fear in his career. I'll, I'll tell you what, too. You mentioned Lavalley with the two interceptions. Lavalley's one of those guys that has a motor that just doesn't stop. That's kind of how he is. The on Energizer defense. Bunny. He is. 
just a ball of energy. I wouldn't necessarily say he's like super fast, but he's super quick in those short spaces. He's elusive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, again, especially if teams are going to try and throw the ball on Marysville, he's going to play a huge part the rest of the year, which I don't know if you're going to see that in Marine City next week, but it's worth noting. So, All right. Um, anything else on Marysville or – do you want to talk about Marine City quickly because they just trounced South Lake? I don't think it surprised any of us, but we'll get to your overarching question about. Yeah, well, I mean, they won fifty-four to nothing, so I'm just it was I'm forty-eight nothing at the half. I, I'm just look looking at this and going, okay, the Armada game is starting to look like a bad loss because they got handled pretty good in Week One, but at the time, we all thought Armada was on their way to having another great. Season and, they still, and they still might, but I mean, okay. So Clawson and Southlake stink, but they beat them one hundred and sixteen to three. Right, and 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 you know, Marysville beat Hazel Park and and Southlake eighty six to nothing. So fairly comparable. Again, so, transitive property is yeah, the but, best. but but yes. why why be up on one side and and well, down can on I another? Tie- because the loss to Elmont was actually worse than the loss to Armada. And you know, I'm impressed with this Lamphere win. And Marine City got it done against St. Clair. St. Clair played well in that game. Does the result tonight of Clintondale beating St. Clair maybe play a little bit of a part in that, that St. Clair and Marine City were going at it? And another thing I think that just – and this isn't Marine City's well, Clintondale fault. Clintondale might be better than we're giving them credit for. They could be, but – I think Lampier shut out Clintondale, though. Yes, um, that's they did. That's so, interesting. 21-0. But I think, and the other part, it's not Marine City's fault, but they're hurt right now. They have some good players that have gone down, and whether we put it in or not. And the other thing, I think it's just So where, I'm more impressed that they win 54 to nothing right. with guys out of the lineup. But I think it's also where these programs are coming from, where Marine City has been so high up that – when there's a little maybe chip in the armor, you go, ooh, there's a chip in the armor. But Marysville has been this borderline playoff team since that class in 21 went through, and now they're starting to look like maybe they can get back to somewhere around there, and it's from where they're coming from, where two years ago Marine City was playing for a state final, and two years ago Marysville was 3-6 and six and lost their last five games of the season or whatever it was. Maybe that's part of it, and it, I don't know if any of us are going to say definitively like Marysville is going to beat Marine City. No, I think if the picks were today, I think we still might have the sweep for Marine City. I just think it's kind of perspective of where they came from, and you're looking at it like Marine City's the giant that might have an arrow in its arm, and you're going, ooh, the giant might fall, and Marysville is a – program that has struggled the last couple years that looks like they may have finally figured it out like i just it, it's interesting it's the most interesting it's been in a, in a few years like the last few years kind of known who uh, since the covid year because that was a tremendous game and those were two really good football uh teams but the last couple of games it's been like oh, marine city's gonna take care of business here Mar- marysville's just not gonna have enough um, and that's kind of the way it's been. Now, looking at this game, going, I'm not, you know, well, and I, I can come up with reasons why I think both sides have a chance to win now. And as part of it, also, 
Elmont has gone on to win their next three games and Armada lost their next two immediately after beating Marine City, does that part that of it – probably has a little that part you can in go, it okay, maybe Elmont's really good, and you look at Armada and you, you, the loss goes, maybe that Armada team wasn't as dominant because, okay, what if Armada beat Yale – and let's just say, I know they got blown out, but let's say they beat Crosslex too. Now you're going, all right, I understand the loss to Armada. Instead of losing their next two games, I don't think that helps the image of Marine City, but you're right. They have dog rushed the two teams they needed to. And against St. Clair, when it was put up or shut up time, they put up in a big way and got two big drives to, to put it yeah, away. And I win. mean, the, it was 20-20 and they ended up winning by 19. And there wasn't that much time left in the game, so they did it. Quickly, and I they got separation quickly. Of football. Yeah, I'd like to score 19 points every 15 minutes. I'd win a lot of games. Yeah, you would. Interesting, interesting to note too. It's um, Marysville's first home game this year. Yeah, next week New it turf. will be New Turf. They went three and one on the road. So I know I'm the Almont game was bad, but to come out of that stretch of four straight road games, three and one. I know they played some not great opponents mixed in there, but that's still tough to do. I don't care who you're playing. All, right. All over the map, too, like, you know, down to Hazel, over to Almont, down to Hazel Park, down to South Lake, over to Lampier. All right. Let's talk about the one disappointing result. Clintondale 38, St. Clair 36. 34. 30, it's 36-34. I thought, I thought it ended up actually being in the – either way, a two-point loss. Um, uh, let me just double-check this. Just going by the score you gave me. Yeah, I think I gave you the wrong score. Yeah, the state has this 38-36. Okay. Um, it was a failed two-point conversion to tie it for St. Clair at the end. They fought back. I think they were down like 14 or so at one point. Uh, sorry, 36-34. The state put it in wrong. Or, yeah, the state put it in wrong. It was 36-34. Okay. So it was 30-14 at one point. Clintondale was up. And St. Clair fought back. But... Dennis, I think the surprising part is not that uh, we thought Clintondale could be a, a tough game for St. Clair, but I don't think any of us thought it would be a shootout. No, I thought this would be a low-scoring game. Like it was like, last year. Like, like I thought it would be like 16-12, to 12, something like that. Yeah, where it's pulling teeth and maybe a special teams or defensive score makes the difference. But So the good – Say St. Clair's offense has started to come alive a little bit. Yeah, hey, they, they found say, a rhythm. Yep. Yep. The bad, where the hell did these 36 points come from? And at least against Marine City, I could excuse you gave up a special team score. You gave up a defensive touchdown. So your defense really only gave up three touchdowns against Marine City. So where, the, so where did this 36 against Clintondale come from? A Clintondale team... Kind of struggled to score points this year. Well, they've been. Uh, I mean, again, it's it's so hard. <laughs> they had fifty five points or fifty eight points in week two, but they were playing New Haven, and they were shut out in week one. But they were playing Gross Point North, mm-hmm. and they were shut out in week three, and they were playing Lamphere. Yeah, so, a week ago they got shut out by Lamphere, team Marysville, with a handful of turnovers, still put thirty four yeah. up on. So go and figure, I can't. And their defense had been pretty good either, too. Even in the losses, the most they'd given up was 22. Yeah. Um, That's why I just didn't see a high-scoring game here. But Farkas did shine. He had three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. So 
heck of a game for him. Um, but I I don't know. Like I I know St. Clair's got some talent on the team. But it's kind of put up or shut up time because with this loss, their back is against the wall if they want to be a playoff team. With that Northern game looming at the end of the year, they have to beat Lamphere next week, and they're going to have to beat Marysville in a few weeks. And that's just to get to 6-3 and three for a chance at the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, okay, Excuse me, 5-4 so and four thir- if they lose the Northern game. 38-34 or 36-34? 36-34. All right. At least I want to have it right on the website. All right, that's what <laughs> that's what the person who was at the game texting me said. So I'm going to go with them and say that they just put it in wrong. Yeah, that there was a typo when the coach put it in. Yeah, that they went. Wait, we had we had 36, right? Or there was a 36 on the scoreboard, and yeah, they got it wrong. But no, like St. Clair has improved. I don't think there's a doubt about that. They just have to find a way to finish. I guess that's the best way to put it. They were tied at 20 against Marine City, couldn't finish, and they had, a, I guess, a mental lapse down at Clintondale, and they fell down 16 points, and if they don't do that, they can they can find a way to win this game. Yeah. All right. Now, you guys got anything else on, on these games? Uh, you want to – give the anchor base score because i thought yeah that well was, i mean I, yeah. just kind of to round things out I, I wish there was a way we could do more red coverage i wish there was more way we could cover the tars a little heavier um but there's three three of us <laughs> and, and and there's a lot, a lot of a lot of teams chippewa valley needed overtime to beat anchor bay 44 43 and chippewa valley was up 34 7 at one point in this game Anchor Bay is pretty good team. Yeah, I saw Anchor Bay week one. They're they're tough. They got some they got some dudes over there. And um, yeah, I know Anchor Bay is probably tired of playing Macarad teams tough, but damn, they they put a fright into every Mac because what it was seventeen ten Dakota beat them last week or something uh, like that. Yeah, I mean, again, you can't do it over. You can't make the step they want to make overnight. So I'm sorry. They don't want to live with moral victories, but moral victories is part of the process but of growing into to be the a team they want to be. Your Mac Red team is a team that's going to compete for a state title. Yeah, like that's if you're just a good football team, you're going zero and five or one and four in the Mac Red. But I mean, they're they're, they're building towards like if they got moved down to the white, it would. I, be I'm sorry, they Maybe they would Roseville. They, they, yeah, the, the Roseville would be like their only competitive Maybe Lakeview. game. Maybe I think they would route Lakeview. And by the way, Roseville won by a million tonight. Yeah, they beat whoever they were playing sixty-four Utica to, Ford, to I think. six. Yeah. So they just did Roseville just not have all their players last week, or is Lakeview that good? I don't know. <laughs> Some sometimes stuff happens. I don't know. All right, stuff happens. I, I, I'm I'm looking at things, trying to figure it out in my mind. You know. Well, I, I don't know. Let's tr- let's have your mind try to figure out the BWAC. Lincoln beat New Haven forty-two to nothing. How does that happen? Try to figure out the BWAC. Dennis, How does you have Lincoln about, score forty-two points in a season, let alone a game? You know. have about a, you have a few <laughs> minutes to figure out the BWAC. We I, I was at Almont North Branch. Joe was at Yale Richmond. I think we'll have fun talking about the BWAC. Absolutely. All right, we'll do that. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? 
Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. With in-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, and now it's uh, it's time to talk about the BWAC. Oh, boy. Let's start I don't have a big enough headache out in North Branch because this was a knockdown drag out brawl that really uh, was everything I was hoping it would be. These two teams are pretty good. These two teams are big, they're physical, and I think this is a game that you feel bad that one team had to lose because it was more the other that both teams made plays and not one team tripped over themselves. So we'll get to the highlights. I talked to Coach Lusby. Almont beat North Branch 29-22. Here's how it sounds. Fourth in goal from the one. Robinson under center. Snap. Another QB sneak. Is he in? He is. Touchdown, North Branch. Quarterback leans in, turns right, hands off Batani. Follows his blockers on the left tackle. He stumbles across the goal line into the end zone for an Almont touchdown. 
Snap, handoff for Kerwan. He plows his way, flips end over end. Did he get across the goal line? He did. Touchdown, Almont Raiders with the lead here in the third. Man in motion, Travis. Snap, handoff, Gorman, middle, room to work. To the 20, cuts inside at the 15, to the 10, to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown, Kevin Gorman. Touchdown, North Branch. The Broncos an extra point away from tying this game up in the third. For Almont, Davidowski under center. Furco on the deep man. Snap, handoff on the end around. Looking for room, Winkler, who finds it. Cuts up to the 10. He has no one in front of him to the 5, to the end zone. Almont, third and 19. Gets it all. Touchdown, Raiders. They lead it 20-14. to 14. Under center, Robinson. Third and goal from the four. Snap. Handoff. No pitch. Right side. Borden has room. Excuse me. Hutchinson has room. And he finds the end zone. Jaden Hutchinson brings North Branch within a point with a buck 46 to go. And it will come down to what may be the extra point. Are they keeping Sahajic on the sideline? They are keeping the kicker on the sideline, and I think Chris Sikora is going for the jugular. Offense stays on the field. They're going for the win. 1.46 to go. Three yards to take the lead. Robinson, under center. Gorman, the deep man. Robinson, snap, handoff, no pitch. Again, one in Hutchinson, same play, two points good. North Branch with the lead. Third and short, Almont, on about the North Branch seven. Broncos need a stop. Almont trying to retake the lead. Under center, Davidowski. Handoff, Batani. Cuts inside the left tackle. Finds room. He stood up. He's still moving. There's a big pile. Did he get in the end zone? He did. Touchdown, Almont. Chase Batani would not be denied, and with 40 seconds left to go, Almont Ree takes the lead. Second and 12 from their own 42-yard line. 13 seconds to go. North Branch needs a touchdown. High snap. Robinson can't find it. Almont falls on it. That's going to be the ball game. Under center, takes the snap, drops down to the left knee, and Almont celebrating on the far sideline. Your final score here in North Branch. Almont 29, North Branch 22. We'll so it was a hell of a game. I mean, both sides, again, played really well. I've never seen a two-minute drill where a team goes 60 yards in like a minute, six seconds and doesn't throw the ball. And they were all, it was like seven running plays. And it was just Elmont and being Elmont. And they found a way. Um, I give a lot of credit to North Branch. I think they played really well. They're going to be a good team, but... I got a chance to talk with Coach Lusby. They are having the fireworks for their military appreciation night at North Branch. So if you hear some some bangs in the background, that's what it is. But here's Coach Lusby after a big win. Here with Almont Coach James Lusby is the fireworks show just wrapping up here at North Branch. And while you're in the celebratory mood, a 29-22 win, that was a back-and-forth affair from a pretty defensive first half to really the offense dictated the second half. Just what are your overall thoughts with this win? I'm just so proud of our boys digging down deep. Uh, mm. um, when it came down to it, uh, they came over and said, Coach, let's just pound the ball. We can get it. And that's what we did. We just, we just ran the rock. It was what, about 136 left when you got it after North Branch went up 22-21? You go 60 yards in about a minute, and you didn't throw the ball once, and it wasn't one big home run play. You ran about seven, eight plays. How nice is it to just run the ball in a two-minute drill and execute it? Uh, it wasn't our plan. Our plan was, uh, you know, there was enough time. We didn't want to leave any time on the clock, so 
we figured, uh, let's try to hit one run. And then we got it and we're like, wow, that went for like 15. Let's try the other side. So we just kept going. And I mean, they were giving us the run, so we didn't need to spread it out and pass. So we'll save that for another game. You can't talk about this game without talking about number 32, Chase Patani. He was all over the field, especially offensively, but ran around defensively. And he was the guy that at the end you just said, hey, it's not broke. We're just going to keep giving it to 32. What'd you think about his performance tonight? Dude, I love the kid. Uh, he is a stud. He works harder than everybody. I mean, he is in the weight room. I mean, he's just, he puts the time and the effort in. Um, he's a great kid. And uh, the, all the kids, I mean, they're going to block their heart out for him, as you saw. And he just carries the rock. And on defense, I mean, he, he's hard to block, man. He is physically strong. He's athletic. Um, he's definitely uh, one of the leaders of our team. And Quite the fireworks display behind us. Last question. Uh, I know Batani was one of the standouts, but you had a few other kids do a lot. Just real-time reaction. Who else were some of the standouts for you tonight? Uh, Cole came up with a big catch over the top. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Um, Luke Winkler, um, yeah. Yusuf and Bankston, my seniors going in. They haven't played defense all year. We've been kind of saving them. They're our big hosses. They went in, um, anchored the middle of the line where they were running. Um, really, you know, it was a whole team effort. It, I can't focus on one guy. I mean, it was everybody came out and played. Everybody ra- rose to the level, and, uh, you know, we just – came out they uh they ran that pitch they haven't shown a pitch all year long and they got us twice on that thing so um we were lucky yeah good job <laughs> no. great play call <laughs> keeping us cool yeah. <laughs> uh coach 40 he's awesome uh, kids love him they play hard for him uh caller of our leader of our defense now and uh boy has he rallied these guys behind him and believed in what he's calling and uh they're just playing hard for him so uh love what he's doing um you know, all my coaching staff, I mean, they, they work their tails off, and, um, you know, I'm lucky to have such a good coaching staff from the JV, middle school, all the way up. Well, Coach, congratulations. I won't keep you any longer. Enjoy tonight, and I know you'll get to game planning for Armada, but enjoy this one. I appreciate it. Thank you. Coach Lusby was pretty excited, and can you blame him? I mean, that was a hard-fought win. We talked about it on Thursday's show, how not many teams in the BUAC Go to North Branch and get a win. It's just a hard place to play at. And North Branch was, they just scored a little too quickly. I mean, that's kind of what it was. They got a like, 20, 30-yard gain to make it first and goal. If I, Again, you can play the ifs and buts game till the cows come home, especially in North Branch. But if you... If they don't get such a big chunk play, it almost hurt them because they gave Almont too much time to answer. I'll give Coach Sakura credit. He did a lot of things I like, and I kind of like going for two because just the way Almont and North Branch are set up, they're not set up for the two-minute drill. And you're saying, all right, Almont scored on like their last two possessions. Our defense has not been able to slow them down. Let's put the clock on our side. And I like the decision to go for two. And they ran the same damn play they ran <laughs> to score the touchdown, and it worked. Yeah, it works. But Almont, you heard Coach Lusby, he's like, it, we didn't expect to get 15 yards on first down. All right, we got three timeouts. Try it again. All right, we got another 12 yards. Now we're by the 30, and now we're close to field goal range. Let's just keep running. All right, we're in field goal range. Well, now the clock's our friend, and eventually they get in the end zone. And, you know, they did a really nice job. Chase Patani is a dude. 
And depending on how the rest of the year goes, I'd say at the midway point, he's definitely a candidate for BWAC Player of the Year. He flies around offensively. He flies around defensively. And he is a really, really tough player to stop. Now, North Branch, I think they're going to win a game or two against some of the top half BWAC teams. They're go- I'm going to say they're going to be a playoff team and probably a playoff team that could win a game. But they're, you could just tell they're a team that's a little young and a little inexperienced, and they just don't have that last little bit that, you know, when you get a team that's been together for a couple years in a system for a couple years, you could just tell that Almont's been with that system for a long time, and North Branch is trying to adjust, I would say. And that was the slight difference, I think, between winning and losing this game. Uh, when was the first North Branch touchdown? First quarter, second <laughs> quarter? Second quarter. Second quarter. It so was... you're into the 14th quarter of the season before Almont got scored on. So North Branch forced Almont to go three and out on the first drive. Punted. And they got it with like 10.30, let's say, to go in the first quarter. They scored their touchdown on that drive with like 10.15 to go in the second quarter after 20 plays, three fourth down conversions, including a fake punt, it had to have been the best drive North Branch could have ever imagined. They ate literally 25% of the game, probably 20 plays, and got the touchdown. But once Almont figured it out, Almont's pretty tough to stop. Uh, that's the thing about them. They're a buzzsaw. Like, I, I don't, you can say, oh, they're small, they're not big enough, they're not this, they they're not They have some size that. to them. They're not giant, but they have some size. All those teams for all this stretch have all pretty much been the, the same kind of makeup, the same kind of guys, and they just do it, and they're a buzzsaw, and they're really good at, at doing what they do. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so the, the, they're a team that – Kind of all along, I've been saying, I don't know a lot about them, but I, they're probably going to be good again. Yeah. Um, Luke Winkler had a nice game for for uh, Almont. There's a couple other guys. Uh, Furquan did. Dave Dowski wasn't asked to make a lot of throws, but when he had to, he made some nice ones. Uh, North Branch has some players. I like Robinson, Joe. He's he's a good quarterback. He is something else. He's yeah. very athletic. Um, one name I want you to keep just keep in the back of your mind, and not just for football, but other sports as well. Giovanni Travis, he's one of their wings. They throw, he's the number one target, at least tonight he was. They, they pitch it to him a little bit. He's an athlete. He's only a junior, but he is a guy for North Branch that can make a difference and is go, next year I think is going to be a stud for that team. He stood out to me tonight. So here, here's my thing. Guys, and, and we're going to get into a game where two of these teams are involved, Richmond and Yale. you got Richmond, you got Yale, you've got North Branch, you've got uh, – I, I have to put Armada into that group now. For Croslex and Elmont, one of them, because they still have to play each other, for one of them to go undefeated in the BWAC, to me – is saying something extremely tough, the, uh, and I've been calling them landmine. There is a landmine every week in this league for you to step on. The question is: is when you step on it, does it blow you up, or does it just you know knock off a hunk of flesh and you keep going? Especially with 
North Branch being as good as they are this year. I feel like coming into the year, nobody really had expectations for North Branch. And then they take Elmont, a team that hasn't allowed a touchdown until the second quarter of this game, to the last minute and, what, six seconds, Brady? Uh, I think they got it with a minute, like, 36 or a minute 40 left. Right. So, I mean, they're taking one of the – I mean, we can – one of the best teams in the BWAC to that kind of game. Again, I, I said it at the end of the podcast last week, don't sleep on North Branch. They are, as Dennis said, a landmine. So look and, out. And they very easily could have won this game, like yeah. Joe said. Two minutes left to go. Almont had to go at least get in field goal range to have a shot. And they did it because Almont's pretty good. But all right, so Cross-Lex, they still have to play Yale next week. That's a rivalry game. Yeah, uh, Croslex is obviously the favorite right now, but Croslex was a big favorite last year against Yale, and shenanigans happen. Then they play Almont, at Almont, and then they have North Branch. Those are three tough games, and if they go 3-0 and in those games, you know what, hats off to them. Almont has to go to Armada. I think Armada's weakness is their secondary. What does Almont do a little bit of but not specialize in? Throwing the ball, they like to run it. I think Armada can stop the run. You're right, Dennis. This BWAC is tough. And then where does Richmond fall into this after their win tonight? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, yeah. The, the, if, if we broke the league down into, like, segments, you've got Elmont and Croslex right now. They're both 3-0. and Richmond and North Branch are the next team's on the list. And they've lost to the two teams and above them. Yale and Armada are the teams underneath them. And I think at the start of the season, in our minds, we would have had that switched. Right. I, I think I'd agree with that. And, yeah, and just based on the results, I mean, you look at – you list the three tiers, okay? So you got the bo- – and those I – and mean, Yale and Armada at the bottom there – are still – I mean, if they play their best game, they can give anybody in the conference well, like, a game. Okay, do you think so Armada is going to go 0-5 against Yale, Elmont, North Branch, Cross, Lex, and Richmond? I have a hard time believing that because I still uh, exactly. want to believe they're a good football team. Exactly. So I don't think they're going 0-5. They're going to beat at least one of those teams. I know they've already lost to two. But are they going to go 0-3 against Elmont, North Branch, and, and uh, Richmond the rest of the way? I don't think so. So where do they jump up and knock someone off? Is it Almont next week? Um, but can Cross-Lex avoid the last three landmines? They're going to be tough. Um, but, Joe, talk about this Richmond-Yale game because I think the Blue Devils were the BWAC version of Marysville tonight where they got a win. Statement where win. We ha- yeah, a statement where we have to start giving them a little more respect than we have maybe up until this point. Yeah, I mean, you look at at Richmond and I I I, I have I mean, Anthony and Dominic Benetti are absolutely unbelievable. Um, the chemistry between I mean the brothers, obviously, right? And and the the chemistry between the two it, it blows me away. Um, they they hooked up on I think it was a thirty eight yard touchdown pass tonight where. You could have convinced me that those two guys are playing at the next level and made that same throw. That's how good. It, that's how good it looked, right? Um, Richmond, they they are they they bend but they don't break. Yale had a lot of drives past the fifty into Richmond territory and then four straight runs, four straight stops, turnover on downs. Richmond football, right? So 
Um, I like the defense, but the offense is really what stood out to me tonight. Um, and then you, I mean, you take the other two, you take the, the two Benettis out of it, and then you got Bergeron running for over 100 yards and two touchdowns tonight. So, right. and it was blowout. Richmond was up 21. Then it looked like Yale was going to storm back, yeah. and then just like that, Richmond uh, put it away. Yeah, I think um, first half it was 21-7. Um, Yale comes out. They have a nine-minute drive where they, you know, they come out. They score some points. Get an onside kick, by the way, and it's a seven-point game. Um, and then Richmond just said, "You know what? No, we. I mean, we're, we're faster. We're bigger." And they they put the game to rest. Um, it was that simple, really. Um, they let, but they let Anthony Benetti loose. He started running the ball himself. Um, and that, that mixed with Bergeon, they chewed up some game clock. And before you know it, it's 42-21. So I think Richmond has that ability to, especially with their offense playing like they did tonight, they have the ability to hang in in a lot of games and beat teams that they're not supposed to beat. For me, the big question is the defense and what their strengths are going to be against an Elmont or a Croslex. Like, I mean, they already played Croslex, but you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. Well, and you got to talk to Coach Misko after the game, right? Yep, sure did. Um yeah, I mean, he was proud of his guys. Coach, you, you started off hot, came out, you know, 21 nothing, 21-7, I think it was at one point. Um, they responded in the second half. It was a seven-point game at one point. How did your guys respond? And, you know, you see the scoreboard 42-21. Just tell me a little bit about how you guys responded. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is you know, obviously them them scoring a touchdown was – you know, not that we wanted that to happen, but we it was it was an, an understood thing that, you know, they've got a great quarterback. They have some really, really talented players, um, you know, so when we had a blown assignment and they scored a touchdown, like, we knew that could happen. Um, they did a great job managing the clock on us. Uh, we actually, we only touched the ball three times in that in that half. Yeah. Um, you know, so kudos to them on that, on that plan. But, uh, you know, to see our kids resolve and to see our kids, you know, understand what's on the table and, and really go after it, that was a big, big growing moment for this team. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and just tell me a little bit about the Benetti brothers. I mean, both of them, both sides. I mean, you got Anthony on offense making plays all game long, and then you have Dominic with two interceptions today. Yeah. So, I mean, just tell me a little bit about what it's like having the brothers on the team together and, and, and kind of what that atmosphere for the team and culture looks like. Yeah, no, I mean, they have they have fantastic chemistry, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, both of them are, uh, are very, very talented young men. Um, you know, Anthony's grown as a leader big time for our program. He's, you know, kind of understood what his role was the last, and you know, he's been a three-year starter, right? And he's he's put that pressure on his mantle, and, and he's he's risen, risen to the challenge. And, uh, you know, having his, his little brother out here, you know, he had he had the two interceptions, and I think he had about 180 yards receiving and two, two touchdowns, touchdowns yeah. you know. So, um, you know, it's just it's really, really nice to have. Um, and then, the, 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 honestly, bit bigger than everything else is seeing the team, you know, being composed and the offensive line, like, going for the kill shots and all those other things like uh it was just it was a great it was a great game awesome well i really appreciate your time coach thank thanks so much it. thanks man I appreciate it. all right we're, uh, the off-air stuff is probably more interesting <laughs> but we can't <laughs> put it up with us yeah you know um, but we, no coach just, just trying to, to figure it all out but coach misco is really excited and, and understandably so dennis the last two years have been rough for richmond and it was, and they're a, not used to it. No, and it was a tough transition. I mean, in, in in 2020, Coach Coker is sick. He's in. He's out. Then he unfortunately passed away. And then Coach Misko doesn't get hired until he wasn't officially hired until what, like May? Yeah. It was really late in the cycle. 
So he didn't have a full offseason. 2021, they make the playoffs but end with a losing record. Then last year, they just struggled. They struggled to win, and against the, the top-tier teams, they didn't compete. And now this year, the, the Cross-Lex game was somewhat close, and then they, I guess, validated that close game by beating Yale. Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, I, I guess. I, I just, uh, the, the more we play and the more we get results, why do I have more and more questions? Because you want to know how good is this Richmond team. Because you're used to Richmond being, at worst, at worst, number three in the BBC. Yeah, they're one of the, the for a, a stretch of 15 years, they were top three in the BWAC every year you could pencil it in. It was automatic. And then the last couple of years have happened. And then I go, okay, they got a win over St. Clair. I'm not sure how I feel about that win yet. The Croslex game, I saw it. They played well. They kept it close. But in the end, they lost that game. And I don't know how I feel about that game. They beat Algonac. They're supposed to beat Algonac. Mm-hmm. They beat Yale tonight. I like this win, but Yale's dropped two straight now. If Yale gets blown out at Croslex next week, am I going to really feel that wonderful about this win? And I fully expect Richmond's going to beat Emily City next week. Right. How do I feel about Richmond's 4-1 and record and how do I feel about them? Because they close out. This is tough. North Branch, Elmont, Armada are their last three league games right in a row. I, I just, I, I wanna. Well, I, I wanna. I love I the Benettis, and I wanna get on the bandwagon here. And I'm sitting at the table, and the food looks good. But it isn't tasting as good as I want it to just yet. This is yet. what I said. Am I being off mean? The air. No. No. This I is what I said off honest. the air. This win gives Richmond the. They have now earned the right that they can go into that three week stretch, and we can feel like they can go into any one of those games and win. Yep. I think that's at least the right that we're not going in and going. All right, Almont loss. Like we can't just put that game. No doubt about it. They can go into that stretch. And could they go 3-0? and Could they go 0-3? They could do both. But I think starting with North Branch, and again, you have to take care of MLA City first. But once you get to that North Branch, North Branch, Almont, Armada, you have two of those games at home. This win at least gives you the right to go in there and say, all right, we can play with these guys. Let's start with North Branch. You get them at home and just – Gives you a chance to compete with them where last year I think you go into that stretch and you go, can they make one close? Yeah. Um, The one conclusion that I drew from tonight with Richmond was is that those games are going to be close games. I don't see them getting blown out just because of how good they are on offense. I don't see that team getting blown out with what they have going on the rest of the year. I think they make every game close, and they have the chance to win every game in the fourth quarter. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to those key guys making mm-hmm. key plays in key moments. Can they do it? I mean, they didn't really have to tonight. It was – I never, ever for a second thought that, you know, Richmond was going to lose tonight. 
Um, so I, that's what's going to be interesting for me is how how can those guys how will those guys do in crunch time when it matters down the stretch. That, that's what I'm looking. That's well, what I'm looking for. And Dennis, you should like Richmond more because they could do something you think gives you a big advantage in the BWAC, and that's throw the football around. Yeah, well, I think it helps against some teams. And I think uh, in it, this league, it, it, I, I definitely feel that uh, Armada has been exposed. That their secondary has really struggled against uh, teams, and, and that gives Richmond maybe an edge going into Almont, to that game. And North Branch haven't played a team that's thrown it around yet. Or North Branch did that. They, they, they Yale, stopped Yale. Me. Yeah, but I think if those are three games where if you can throw it, you have an advantage. And Joe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that offensive line that gave Benetti some time to work around in that pocket. Oh yeah, and 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 he had all day. If I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you, and when he didn't, when there was a blitz package that came in that they didn't pick up, guess what he did? He tucked it for 15 yards, for 20 yards. So. I mean, it, they're, they're so dynamic. I just want to see them put it all together against the, the best teams in the BWAC again. And that brings me now to Yale, and how do I feel about the Bulldogs all well, of a sudden? Their backs are against the wall. Because it, it, last year doesn't matter that they right. played Croslex tough. Different that coaches, might different styles, different work things. against them because Croslex is now not going to take Yale lightly. Uh, yeah. yeah, and, and so – if you don't put up – and they got to go t- down the road to Croslex. Um, and if you don't put up a good showing in this game, if, if Croslex rolls you like they've been rolling people, now you've lost three in a row. Now, mind you, they'll get better. They'll, they'll beat Emily City. They'll beat Algonac. But then they got to close out with Almont and, Schwartz, and Creek. Schwartz Creek. And if all of a sudden – you're four and five. You're four and five. You might not make the playoffs even, and we fully expected at least that from you, right? This year, and again, we're looking back. Okay, Annapolis. Yeah, they're supposed to win that game. Armada. That could have gone either way. They were losing with 19 right. seconds to go in the game. They got a lot of. Now they made a lot of breaks, but they got a lot of breaks. Um, the North Branch game is a loss. The Richmond game is a loss by 21 points. You go to Croslex and lose by 21 points. Now all of a sudden a Yale team that I was in love with a couple weeks ago doesn't look so good to me anymore. No, and we'll see how Yale responds with their backs against the wall because they have nowhere to go. They have to win a game that maybe right now we wouldn't pick them to win, whether it's Croslex, Almont, or Schwartz Creek. And I, I, I don't know the numbers. I don't know the math that four and five would get them in. But let's just assume it won't. you got to win one of those games. Yeah. No two ways about it. This Richmond game was the, was the pivot point last year why Richmond didn't make the playoffs and Yale did because they won that game. Richmond flipped the script. You, we were high on Yale or high on Richmond going into that game against Yale. What did Yale do? Kind of took care of business against Richmond. We were... I mean, I, at least I picked Richmond. That was one of yeah, the I, picks that, I got. That, right. was the, that was the one where I, I said, all right, Yale, if, if you're a team of destiny, you got to go out and win this game and make the playoffs. Right. And, and they got it done. This year, um, you picked Yale, and, and Richmond took, kind of took care yeah, of business. And, and, and I mean, Richmond Joe, you, you said it yourself. Yeah. It took a touchdown 
onside kick recovery, another touchdown, just to get it within seven. Within seven. And then the next snap for Richmond, it was like a 60-yard touchdown run. 52-yard touchdown, Anthony Benetti. Okay, and and let me, real quick, because I haven't touched on Yale, um, some positive things for Yale. Jakubiak has an arm. He can throw the football Mm -hmm. when he has time. That's the key. Richmond was on him tonight. They were blitzing nonstop, and when he has pressure, you know, tonight, I, I, again, I haven't seen him the rest of the year, but tonight when he faced pressure, he panicked a little bit, ran out of the pocket. Again, threw a couple picks. Threw a couple picks, um, and they have some dudes, though, and that's what I think is a, is a positive for you. I mean, McLaughlin can run the football. Mm-hmm. He's a bull, I mean, honestly. Um, and their defense, they have guys – that can stop the run, which is huge in the BWAC, right? Um, I just think they had a ton of opportunities. They even tried a double pass at one point. And <laughs> I'm, Yale has a bunch of tricks. I am, yes. I am on top of the press box screaming, like, the dude down the middle is wide open. Throw the ball. Like, mid-play, and the guy takes a look at the side, throws it to the sideline, and complete in double coverage. They got a guy in the end zone, and it's just – they had the opportunities. It was there. It could have been a closer game. Um, and they just didn't – I mean, and I, not taking anything away from Richmond, obviously, um, but Yale just didn't capitalize, right? Um, so I don't want to be too down on Yale. I think going into these last couple games – going into the last couple games in the BWAC, they have a chance every week. It's just about what team they're putting on the yeah. field. Well, and these are the, – the Nets, you mentioned the, the pass protection because yep. this concerns me because Croslex and Almont, at least when I've seen them play – they can pressure the quarterback. That, yep. That's what they did in North Branch tonight, the few times North Branch threw. Now, granted, I think that was more of them trying to stop the run and having so many guys at the line of scrimmage, right. that boring schematic stuff, but that's why they were getting pressures. They were sending six like every play. But anyway, yeah, Yale needs to get a win. Um, yes. And they need to compete against Crosslex. Yes, they do. At least show some sign of life. Armada showed a little bit of sign of life, and I can't imagine practice has been too much fun out in Tigerland, and they get a 47-7 win against MLA City. Has to at least feel good to go out and take a little bit of frustration out on MLA City, but I think they know that the real test is next week against Elmont. Yeah, they're they're supposed to beat MLA City. Now they got to go and beat Elmont to get, and this is probably bad phrasing, but to get back into everybody's good graces, you have to go out and beat Elmont. Right, because you lose two games, and again, the, the Croslex game's weird because the first half was a very well-played competitive half. You were there, Dennis. I, was, I was there, but but when it fell apart, it, it fell, fell apart fast, and they just couldn't figure out how to, to stop it from unraveling. They couldn't take that deep breath and go, okay, the game's sped up a little bit here. We're going to stop it. We're going to pound the rock. We're going to have a long possession. That just didn't happen. Can I just nutshell it? They need to mature. They need. There are a bunch of young players, and they have talent. I think they have a lot of raw talent. They need to mature as a team. And, they, and if you're a sophomore, they need to start acting like juniors. If they're juniors, they need to start acting like seniors. And they need to take that step in the maturation process. And in the BWAC, you get a couple weeks to figure it out. Otherwise, you're left dead by the curb. Yep, and that's what they have to do against Almont. But well, for this week, you took care of business against Emily City. 
You ran it. Mulberg had five touchdown runs. Dykes had one. So they did what they needed to do. Has to feel nice. Enjoy the win because, hey, when you lose two straight, I don't care who you're playing. It feels good to get off the slide. And finally, just get a win and have a Monday where you come in and you're not dreading watching the film. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to go right back to work hard on Monday because they've got a <laughs> big game. If I know Kyle Rowley, that message on Monday is going to be, cool, you beat MLA City. A lot of teams in the BWAC have beat MLA City. Let's go beat Almont. They're undefeated. No one's going to pick us to win this game. Let's earn back some of the respect we were starting to get at the beginning of the year. Uh, probably on the bus ride home from Emily City, he said, gentlemen, <laughs> enjoy this because you're mine on Monday. Right. We are going right back to work. Uh, mentioned Croslex got the win over Algonac. What was the final there? 40-something to 14. It was like 48-14 uh, or Let 54. me get it. Uh, I got it right here. I did have it right here. 41-14, Croslex. And Algonac, I think, competed a little better. I uh, they got. I, I know they got one touchdown at the end, probably on. It was twenty-one-seven, I think, in the second quarter. Um, no, Algonac was never a threat to win this game, but Algonac's in the BWAC is not the league to try to revive your program, and they're trying to do what is an Herculean task, and you have to take the victories where you can find it. <coughs> Excuse me. Competing, that's been happening to me a lot. <laughs> competing against Cross Lex like that. Hey, you can take some small victories out of there. You're not going to go from not having a program to winning big BWAC games like in a season. So I'm going to take the positives. Cross Lex did what they needed to do. Yeah, I, I'm. See, I'm I'm looking at this going. Croslex probably kind of pulled the shoot and scored 41 points. So, yeah, I don't have I'm, any stats from this game, but I, I'm betting Espinosa and Grappi did their damage early mm -hmm. and then really weren't needed to do any. That, that probably Herman and those guys are getting the ball a little more in the second half and probably players that we haven't even said their names yet this year. Um, and, and, and this is the thing. They're four and zero now, and uh, if they beat Yale, don't don't you feel like they're kind of a snowball going downhill at well, at this point? Yale, and there are still tough games if they left on Yale, the schedule. But that I don't want to say that it depends what Almont does because Almont's a tough game. So, and what Almont does against Armada, I but I mean each Yale. each week. The more they win and the more they win the way they're winning, it puts pressure on the teams that have to play them and, and win these big games. It's like, how do we stop this? Right. So, I mean, Croslex did what they're supposed to do. I just say, feel the same way we do now as we did 24 hours ago. Nothing really changed with that one. But Yep. Uh, all right. I think that's the BWAC. Time to go to the thumb for a little bit. We'll go to the thumb for a little bit because there were actually some big games yes, in the GTC East uh, tonight. And eight man. And eight man. Uh, one yesterday that I was happy about. Everything else is kind of ruining my my day, but <laughs> I did have one good pick uh, in in the uh, eight man uh, this week. All right, uh, we'll uh, take a break and then we'll be back with segment three. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Francic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Francic Water Conditioning and Kinetico. Call us at 800-848-5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball. Call 810-987-2185. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Let's go into the GTC East. The uh, game that every year is for the title is Ubley Harbor Beach. And as good as Beach is, lately this hasn't been much of a game. Uh, Ubley just being Ubley. It wasn't much of a game this year. 56-20. to 20. I mean... It's Ubley's just that good. Um, here's some stats, uh, or at least the scoring from that game. It was twenty-eight to six at the end at halftime. Luke Volmarine, uh, Candon Peruski, uh, Candon Peruski, Seth Marrer. I, I that that. That name just sounds like I have molasses in my mouth. Every <laughs> but he, he's been a starter for and like he, three and years. He's played a lot. They all had touchdown runs in the first half. Uh, in the second half, Marrer scored again. Evan Peruski finally got on the board. The bum. It took him four quarters to finally score. Yeah, but he and, had uh, a million yards rushing tonight. And then Colin Os- Osentowski had the final two touchdowns for Ubley. 
Harbor Beach is pretty good. They're always going to be pretty good. Ubley took care of business. I mean, is there really anything else to say about this game besides it's Ubley? Ubley's going to Ubley? It's, it's, it's interesting only in now I want to know who's going to win between Marlette and Harbor Beach because Marlette actually put up a better struggle than Peach did against Ubley. I know it's a bad and way then, to – And then Ubley, but Ubley followed it up, and I guess the, the way I've been saying it, it validated that effort against Ubley with a 38-28 win over Sandusky. Yeah. So Marlette got a big win, although I thought Marlette was going to beat Sandusky. Sandusky's getting better, but I didn't think – they were ready to to move up into the to the top three. Well, Sandusky had the lead in this game early. Sandusky was leading for a good portion of this game, and this was in Sandusky, correct? Yes. So that's a road win for Marlette in a rivalry game. That's not an easy game to go out and win. I'm trying to see if I can get I just, the... Marlette is the more veteran team, though, and that's why I kind of like them in this one. That And they're the one team that does it different in the GTC East. They spread the field. They'll throw the ball a little bit. Um, and, and everybody else, you know, packs it in and grounds and pounds. And Marlette, hey, they give them credit. They might have a pretty darn good team this year. And now I think they've earned the right to Challenge beats for second in the league. And in a league with Ubley, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, The, the game is at Harbor Beach, so I think that will be an advantage for the, the Pirates, that and just the, the mental part of the whole history thing. When is that game, by the way? That's next week. Is it? Yeah. I'm just looking ahead right now, and some of the games we'll have to pick. The Crosstown Showdown, we'll have to pick Marysville Marine City, we'll have to pick, I mean, Cross-Lex Yale, I think we're all hedging Cross-Lex right now, but Marlette Beach is on there. Picks aren't going to get any easier. No, no, they're not. Um, Bad Axe beat Memphis. Yeah, Bad Axe beat Memphis. The, that was not a, a surprise there. 50-14. 40-13. 40-13. 40-13. Um You'll have Mooney against. Yeah, we don't Moore. have our board this week. I know. Normally, all this stuff is up on a board. I know. Yeah, we're, kind of, we're we're less organized, but I think we've we've hit it pretty well. You'll have Mooney Royal Oak Shrine. Well, today, if you're listening at one o'clock, uh, league opener. This should be a fun. If you're a Mooney fan, listen because I think you're going to hear a lot of good things for Mooney Shrine. Is well, they lost to Shrine wow. like 300 years in a row, and this is a chance to beat them back to back years. To, yeah, don't feel bad for him. Yeah, don't 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 feel bad if Mooney's up big at halftime. Savor it, right? Because Savor they it. were savoring it for yeah. the past twenty years. For for a long time, this team kicked you in the teeth while you were down. Now they're down. Go out and kick them in the teeth. So, Dennis, is Brown City like going to just reload and be a top? Five team in eight man again this year. I tried to tell you guys the other day. You did. This is the only one that like I was emphatically right on. I mean, I thought, and that's not to take away from Deckerville. I thought Deckerville was going to have, you know, how Deckerville every once in a while, well, every once in a while, it seems like every few years has that team that's going to run through everyone, and it's them and another team in a town you've never heard of in in uh, Michigan, like. Powers North Central that plays, and it's a collision course for that game. That's kind of what I thought this Deckerville team was going to be. And then Brown City just shuts them down. Hey, I picked yeah. Deckerville, so. 
Yeah, I mean, well, in Deckerville. And I'm looking at it. I don't think Deckerville will lose again this season unless they lose at Kingston, which that's possible. But I think they'll run the rest of their regular season schedule. The question is, is there anybody left on Brown City's schedule that can beat them? And I think the answer there is no. Yeah, I think Brown City has played the toughest part of their schedule. They've played Kingston and Deckerville in back-to-back weeks, and they've won. And they won both games by what? They beat Kingston by eighteen, and what did they end up beating? Eighteen. Uh, eighteen. So they won their two toughest games in league by a combined thirty-six points. Yep. Like, I just have the hats off to da- to Brown City. This is why eight-man football is a thing. For a program like this where 11-man, hey, it's hard to find those last couple of guys. But 8-man, they've come in, and 8-man's a lot different to coach than 11-man. I mean, Dennis, it took the state, what, like 10 years to figure out how to play defense in 8-man? Yeah, the the early years, and you still see the occasional just wild score, but the, the early years, they look like basketball scores um, instead of football like You had to get to scores. 50 to have a chance. Um, and and now you you see like last week Atherton and K-Pack played a fourteen to six game. You would have never seen that the first five maybe ten years of eight man football. All right, uh, go over the rest of the eight man scores. Uh, Mayville beat Dryden forty eight to nothing. That was not a surprise there. K-Pack had a tough loss to Oakland Christian thirty to twenty eight. That was a game they just I can't seem to get that yeah. that big win. They can't seem to. The, Finish out a game. That's what the second straight week they've had a shot to win, and they just come yeah. up a bit short. Um, Akron Fairgrove beat Merritt fifty to eighteen, and uh, the the big one because I really thought CPS was going to win this game, and I picked them, and you picked North Huron. North Huron won forty four to thirty. I didn't think North Huron had forty four points in them for the season, let alone to do it in one they're, game. They're trying to, stay I know, but. Struggling, North Huron got beat 100 to nothing in their first two games and then lost to a Caseville team that hadn't won for 38 games. 38 games. And then they turned around and Caseville got beat by 56 well, All Saints tonight. Is really good. All Saints is really good, but All Saints is going to do that to a lot of teams. In Caseville the loses like that all the time, though. Yeah. So I All just going to do that to a lot of teams in the strike. And and C, and CPS was, you know, they they weren't doing that bad. Uh, con- considering their situation, they haven't been playing that poorly this year. They they lost um 52 to 26 last week to Ashley. All right. Ashley plays uh Peck. That game got moved to Saturday. Right. So that's at noon. Uh, I think Mike Gallagher will be there, so follow him at Sanilac Sports. Yep. Um, anything else for this week? Is there anything we missed out on? Um, this was a long one, and next week's going to be even longer because I feel like some of the things we've been waiting for all year in preseason are going to come to a head next week. I think we're going to get an answer. Is this Marysville team really going to be, hey, they can win playoff games or they're just – Good for the Max Silver. Um, I I did want to put in because the picks are all in for the week. This the neither of the Saturday games are are on the picks. Uh, I went six and four. Brady went six and four. Uh, Gallagher went five and five. He picked against Dudley. So I'm thirty and ten. Brady's thirty and ten, and the guests are thirty and ten. It's what did a, the people go? It's a three way tie. The people went five and five this week, so they sit three games back. 
at but, 27 and 13. But our, our And friend, Joe doesn't want to talk yeah, about Joe, what he did. Joe has <laughs> <laughs> when we were going through Joe's picks, the, uh, well, the it first, didn't go well for Joe this week. But he, he recovered. He finished five and five. He did. You, but when you, we were going did. through, the you were one and five through the first six, and then you won the last four picks. I, I, we're talking about this on the air. That's crazy. <laughs> but this is but what we do. Cal, <laughs> our friend Calvin in Port Huron went seven and three. So you know it's a tough week because Calvin's been killing it. So Calvin he was on like a 20-game win streak. I don't know. I, I just went and checked his because he was three games ahead of everyone else. But this Calvin fella, he's, he knows what he's talking about. I mean, I, I tried to – I ramped up the difficulty, and he still went 7-3. And, and, and I was so, so mad because just one more win. Because 7-3 and three is so much sexier than 6-4. and four. All right. We've, <laughs> we've been talking long enough. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh Big week next week. Rivalry week next week in the midway point of the year. Crosstown showdown. Marysville City, City St. Cross, Lex, yeah. Yale. Oh, we'll throw in Almont Armada, Harbor Beach Marlette. Big week. Big week, Dennis. I'm big, looking forward to big, it. Big, big week. Except for the picks. And I think Moody plays someone interesting, don't they? Is that Everest week? No, not yet. Oh, no. that would have been fun if they were all. No, uh, Mooney's either it's week six, isn't it? Mooney's got Trine this week, and then I, I think next week they've got Lakes. Oh, boo! I wanted all of them at once. You know, know, rough week on the picks this week, but you know what? Every week I'm learning more. So yeah, we're gonna, Joe, we're gonna Joe's dive getting in next better. week. We'll figure out where we're gonna send Joe. We have a few options for him. Yeah, we're, I, I expect a seven and three or better week for me next week. All right. I like the bowl prediction. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to make it really hard now so he doesn't Oh, man. <laughs> so he doesn't get that. By the way, yeah, it's Lakes next week for for Moody. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so uh, anything else? This is your last chance it's, to chime it, in, it, and then I'm late. hitting this Send button. It home. Yep. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.